The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Join the SRF resistance today. Russo'sBrand.com. Get the real shoot from the most controversial personality in wrestling, Vince Russo. Lethal Vendetta. Hailing from Sydney, Australia, this band comes armed with the ultimate artillery, a precise and highly effective blend of thrash, groove, and traditional metal which pays homage to the great metal titans that have come before them. Check out lethalvendetta.bigcartel.com and download their music on all digital media outlets. Hey guys, before we jump into this week's show, got to put over our friend Demetrius Zordos over at Zordos Olive Oil. It's a premium grade extra virgin olive oil imported directly from the Zordos family olive groves in Greece. I know that you're going out, you're getting ready for Thanksgiving dinner, you're going to eat yourself a whole bunch of turkey, and chances are that when it comes Christmas time, you're going to go over to the same house and you're going to eat the same thing. You know what you do? You order yourself some Zordos Olive Oil. Shipping is free. Visit Zordos Olive Oil com for further information. Let's go ahead and jump into this week's show. But first, our friends from Left 4 Dead. It is Wednesday, November 27th, 2019, and you are tuned in to HTM Sports here, presented by the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, as well as hackerhameen.podbean.com. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. That's my tag team partner. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who scored just as many points as Joel Embiid did Monday night versus Toronto in 32 minutes. He's the real RBV. Rick, welcome back to your show. Well, let's jump right to the chase. This is the reason for the season, why we are here. It's OHIO. Yes, we're ready to go. It's Michigan Week. It's the grandest rivalry in all of sports, and that's what we're focused on. And, oh, yeah, I guess I guess we have to touch on uh, our boys. Our boys going down, Charco. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Duke here in just a little bit. We'll also get into uh, the week inside of the NFL. Uh, Huckleberry, like you said, we got to start off with the Ohio State University. Not only do you have Michigan this week, you guys are now the number one team ranked inside of the college football playoffs. Ohio State jumps LSU to claim the number one spot after defeating Penn State 28-17 over the weekend. Huckleberry, LSU defeats Arkansas 56-20. to I don't necessarily have a whole lot of issue with Ohio State jumping here, but, you know, as I dug further into this thing, it's absolutely ridiculous. Ohio State starts off 21-0 versus Penn State, and then Penn State comes roaring back to make it 21-17 in the fourth quarter, whereas LSU just blows out Arkansas. Huckleberry, defend this shit. Well, hey, what do we always talk about? We talk about the entertainment aspect. We talk about selling advertising. We talk about ratings. Let's look at the rest of those rankings. Where do these teams line up? LSU falls to that, too. Who do they got it for if this thing would come down? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the SEC championship game. That's what we're positioning for. This is all about creating excitement, creating a vibe, and then who's outside of that? Who's knocking on that door at number five? Still there at Powerhouse Alabama. 
this is all, uh, once again, a brilliant move by this committee. They are perfectly positioning this thing each and every week. So here it is, one through eight, as we run through it. Number one, Ohio State. Number two, LSU. Number three, Clemson. Number four, Georgia. Number five, Alabama. Number six, Utah. Number seven, Oklahoma. Number eight, Minnesota. Oregon falls all the way to 14th. After losing to Arizona State 31-28, that's bad news for those out west because Oregon was by far the much more sexy pick over Utah. Rick, as I'm looking at this thing, I'm I'm feeling more and more if LSU wins the SEC, is Alabama going to be that fourth team in? Again, I I, I believe you're right, Jack. I could go with you 100% here. LSU takes care of business. That game was close enough. Uh, in score-wise, and that's what you're going to reflect on. That's what the committee's going to look at here. And with the history, and you know, Bama, they equal ratings. It's going to draw, it's going to create that controversy. They're going to get their asses in here. They've done it before. You know, they don't go win their championship, you know, their conference championship game. They go win the national championship. Everything right there is going to create such a spark, such a vibe. It's playing out perfectly where Bama's positioned to, to be that team in. So now I got to ask you about this Ohio State and Michigan thing because shortly before we started recording, I saw a video of the one and only the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, your 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 favorite of all time, Huckleberry. He was just decked out in maize and blue, giving a pep talk to the Michigan Wolverines. How you feeling going into Saturday? Well, you know, hey, this this is just it's proof in the pudding uh, that if your name is R I C whoever you might be, you'll do anything for money. <laughs> and, and, and you'll do it with conviction and you'll absolutely believe it. That's fantastic. Uh, let me ask you this. With Ohio State now being number one, regardless if they end up against Minnesota or Wisconsin in the Big Ten final, let's go ahead and assume they win that game. If they lose this game to Michigan, are they still in? Uh, absolutely believe a one-loss team here is still going to be in as, as we're lining this thing up. I mean, if we look who's surrounding them, you look at those sexy number ones. Yes, Ohio State's going to travel. They're going to pull your your ratings. You know, I, but one of the things about this game that's coming this week, and it, it, I've been openly speaking about this, I was worried about Michigan. Uh, they have caught some ground. They are on fire right now. They're playing for everything. And as I say that, I began to question myself in it. I'm wondering really who the pressure is on here. Is it on Ohio State? Because the one loss Ohio State could still get in to this playoff system, but Michigan is playing for everything, especially Coach Harbaugh. I mean, this is a defining moment. I could say rookie head coach, a team that is steamrolling everyone, number one in the land, looking to go to the postseason. If he, they get put down, I mean, it's the end of an era for the Blue. I don't know if it is I or not. There, there's more. I, I believe there's more pressure on those in the big house than there are, you know, the, the Buckeye Nation. I think fans everywhere, and I don't care if it's Ohio State, I don't care if it's Michigan, I don't care if it's Florida State, USC, all of these powerhouse schools. If you're firing coaches for winning nine games a year, that's on you. I, Michigan wins nine games a year. They should be happier than a pig in shit. I don't care if they lose to Ohio State every freaking year. No, no. You set precedents. You set standards 
Hell, you can win two games a year, but as long as one of those wins is against Ohio State, your job is safer at Michigan. That's absolutely asinine. I don't care who tries to justify that to me. It's absolutely no, no, asinine. No, because you set a standard of excellence and what it means. Your standard of excellence is 9-10 to 10 wins a season. Who gives a fuck about Ohio State? The fans. The fans are the only ones that no. give a shit about this anymore. Don't try no. to blow they, that they smoke up everybody's ass. They personally. You know what? I, you know Because you live out there in the middle of Iowa. No one cares about anything. When it comes here to oh. our sports, we take it very personal, and it is too hard. This is, Let me know the last time life. Ohio you know, State beat Iowa at wrestling. Let me know. Look that shit up. I bet you it's never. Uh, last time that Dean Ambrose was in WWE, yes, he beats up Rollins. So, yes, we beat you in wrestling. Yeah, if you but, want to call that real wrestling. Okay. Whatever trips your trigger, man. But, but no one cares about that. Yeah, because everyone's clamoring. Because everyone's going to that Iowa State, you know, that Iowa wrestling match at noon this Saturday, right? You would be surprised. In the Hawkeye State, wrestling will draw more than college basketball. Oh. You'd well, be that, surprised. That's great. In the Hawkeye State, we're talking about globally. We're talking about a national game right here. We're talking about what matters. This is what's on the line. This is about championships. Do you think anybody west of the Mississippi gives a fuck about Ohio State versus Michigan? Because let me tell you, dude, they don't. Yeah, they don't. It affects their lives in every way. Yeah, Because this is the greatest state. It's It's a gateway state. It's the leader. It's OHIO. This is what everyone's coming for. Hey, you know, here's, we actually went to war. There was a war between Ohio and Michigan at one point. Yeah, what, like 300 fucking years ago? The federal government had to step in. This is what this means to these states. We go back to the... To the fans, not the schools, not the coaches, not the fucking players. If you're winning nine, ten games a year and you fire your coach, you're a bunch of fucking morons. I don't care what school you are. No. See, this is why Iowa is not getting any respect because your mindset, Jarka. Yeah, well, I sure. Let's go with that. Let's talk about the real marquee game of the weekend. It's Alabama at Auburn. That's the game I'm going to be watching this weekend because I'm not sure that Alabama can win at Auburn. Hey, this is going to be this again in itself is a make or break. We're talking about can Bama get in? Uh, this is their championship game. This is their proving point, right? Absolutely, especially with a quarterback not named Tua, because Alabama's not nearly as sexy of a pick without Tua. Yeah, and you know, for War Eagles, they they kind of have to come out here to them. This is their championship as well. And plus, they're in the SEC, where college football actually means something. Keep on getting them lip blows in there, right? Well, I mean, you want to talk about the the huge matchup between Wisconsin and Minnesota that I'm sure the entire country will be tuned into to fall asleep to in the first quarter? Oh, yeah. I, I will say on that side, on that side of the bracket. But, hey, you know, hey, you know what even better? When Wisconsin wins that thing, it, it just makes Iowa's win over Minnesota meaningless. Well, I agree with that, except we have Floyd of Rosedale. Uh, we also have Oklahoma, Oklahoma State this week. Huckleberry, for Oklahoma, this is a must-win game if they're going to stay in this thing, especially if Alabama would fall. You know, all around, you know, individuals saying, hey, they need to expand the playoffs. Let's go to eight teams. No. Here's the news. The playoffs have already started. The playoffs have started. You've got teams playing for their livelihood right now. This is the perfect example for Oklahoma to have any opportunity this is a statement game as well. 
And then, of course, they're in the great state of OHIO, your beloved Cincinnati. They're going to be traveling to Memphis. That's number 19 at number 18. Rick, this is all going to be about post-game bowl bursts and who gets more money. I'm sure that you're looking for the Bearcats to have a big weekend. Actually, uh, sitting here at you know on location at Chandler's in Delhi, just on the outskirts of uh, the, the great city of Cincinnati, it's actually named after one of the uh, the UC football players. Really, uh, Tanner Tanner Chandler. He's on the team. Uh, they are having a tremendous season. He's one of the sons of uh, the majority owners. So yeah, everything's exciting around here. People are pumped. I, I just inside the vibe is amazing. Uh, you just threw it out there. I mean, how incredible is that going to be? In the Big Six, there could be two teams from Ohio. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a real possibility. I hadn't even really thought about that. Looking forward, let, let's say Oklahoma wins out. Let's say Utah wins out. Let's say Alabama struggles, LSU beats Georgia. What's this playoff going to look like? Who's getting in first? Is it going to be number seven, Oklahoma, or is it going to be number six, Utah? Wow. I mean, you you go right back to that market. The committee themselves, they're probably looking to say they don't want to deal with this. But you could throw another wrench in there if Georgia somehow you know wins that damn SEC. Yeah. Well, then I think LSU is the other one in. Yeah, I think that, well, hell, how crazy is that 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 becomes your best-case scenario? That Georgia bails you out. Yeah, absolutely. Because the way I'm looking at this thing, if if Georgia gets beat, Alabama gets beat at Auburn, which is a real possibility, between Utah and Oklahoma, I'm not sure I want to try to make that pick. Who do you put into the playoff, Utah or Oklahoma? Well, I, I you know what? I'm with you. you know, the part of me wants to go, I want that West Coast. Uh, closer to it, I want that pack interest. But really, if you put a Utah in there, does it draw the rest of the pack? I mean, are you getting that Cali market, or are they just tuning it off? They'll just tune out altogether, I'm sure. Go wash the shit off the streets of San Francisco. Right. So do at that point, you just tune in more. You go with the built-in base with Oklahoma, who has had playoff experience, who they're used to that, or and also looking at the travel. You know, where are people going to – are they going to – spend the money and time to visit those games. If Oklahoma gets the win this weekend at Oklahoma State, I look for that to flip next week on that college football playoff special, don't you? Yes, absolutely. I agree. Let's stay inside of the NCAA. Huckleberry, we got to talk about the Devils. This is just nauseating. I sat down to write this show last night and came across this. Stephen F. Austin stuns number one Duke at Duke, 85-83 to in overtime. Nathan Bain, now the Nathan Bain of my existence, gets a steal, hits a layup as the buzzer is going off for the win. Rick, this snaps Duke's 150-game home non-conference winning streak. That goes back nearly 20 years. Duke was a 27-and-a-half-point favorite going into this game, making this the biggest upset in recent college basketball memory. Yes, Eric, even bigger than when Kentucky got beat a couple of weeks ago. Huckleberry, what in the hell happened at Cameron last night? Well, you know what? This is a positive day. We are, we are doing positive things today, right? 
the power of positivity. We got pancakes shooting out of our asses. So we're going to put a positive spin on everything. So yes, to our good friend, great supporter of the show, Eric Lake, this is once again, Duke just tops Kentucky. You go out two weeks ago and you have one of the, the worst upsets in college basketball history. Well, guess what? Hold our beer. We're going to do you one better. Not only are we going to have the upset of history, but we're going to do it at home and snap the streak. Yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. Louisville now set to become the new consensus NCAA number one. It would have been Michigan State, but they got upset, Rick, by Virginia Tech this past Monday. And I already had this one on the run because this is scary. If Virginia Tech is beating up on Michigan State... Duke's going to be in real trouble because for one reason or another, Virginia Tech owns our ass. Well, and hey, let's, let's not forget uh, what we got coming up Tuesday. It's Duke and Michigan State. How how far do you think Duke is going to fall in the ranking? I mean, Kentucky fell all the damn near out of the top 10. I wanted to ask you this, you know, coming in, we're talking about these major programs and we had talked about here on hashtag HTM sports a different direction where they we don't have those superstar names it seems that they're they've come back they're they're trying to build these regular programs but now you're seeing such a time what is this a direction of college basketball especially with this pay for play I mean, what is happening to this entire landscape yeah it, it's i was thinking about this too because normally when we come into a college basketball season we already have like a final four kind of in our head you know like somebody's gonna have to stumble otherwise it's gonna be Duke, Kentucky, Louisville, and Michigan State, right? Like, let's just assume that those are going to be the four. Not this year, man. There is a lot of parity throughout all of college I'll basketball. As you're saying, you know, we're talking about who's going to fall off at the end, and now we're getting individuals picked off at the beginning. Is it almost better, though? Wouldn't you rather be like a four seed going into the tournament rather than a one seed with a giant target on your back? Well, I mean, but doesn't that mean if you've fallen there, doesn't that mean that you've been exposed a little bit, that they know your formula? Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, for me, the thing that is the scariest, 85 points to Stephen F. Austin? Like, I thought this was a defensive team. Well, I was, you stole the words right out of my mouth. How much, how much have we been bragging on these devils that now it's back to the basics? It's about defense. Yeah, just and obviously, you know, they get exposed here. That Nathan Bain, that kid raised his stock. Holy cow, he had a hell of a night down there. It's going to be interesting to see uh, just kind of how this whole thing plays out. But you know, one thing I did want to bring up was this whole fair pay to play thing, right? All these teams that we've just talked about, whether it be Iowa wrestling, whether it be Duke basketball, whether it be Ohio State University football, whether it be Michigan football. People are going to get tired of hearing these names because we talk about all the parody inside of college sports right now. As soon as that thing hits, the parody is going to be gone. It's going to be like seven, eight teams running both of these things. Well, absolutely. But if you mask it and you can slide a few teams in and out on that back end, I mean, how much, how often do we hear the parody in the NFL that you can come to fame in a season? If you simply get that easy schedule, you know, look at the Bears, which Chicago you Bears, regularly you talk about. Yeah. It, well, but when we really look at it, if you break down the numbers and you look at who's there out of the 12 teams that make it each year, 
eight of them are the same. Yep. We're going to talk a little there's, bit there's about eight of them uh, that are regularly there. We're going to talk a little bit more about this when we get to the NFL this week because I think there's another team this year that's doing the same thing. I can already tell you what team it's going to be that's going to take a huge step backwards next year if they finish in first place. Mm, let me guess. I'll, I'll guess now and I'll let you spoil it. I'm going to guess you're going to say the 49ers. Nope. Good guess, though. Oh, okay. Very good guess. Okay. Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the NBA before we get into the NFL. Uh, Rick, I kind of wanted to do the Thanksgiving surprises inside of the NBA. Of course, Thanksgiving marks right about the quarter way through the season. Kind of taking a look inside of the NBA right now. Rick, do you have any surprise teams that you're, you're looking at and you're like, wow, they're a whole lot better than I thought they were going to be? Or a team that's a whole lot worse than you thought they were going to be? Well, I, I'm going to go two two ends of the spectrum here. Once my uh, my thankful surprise is your boys, the LA Lakers, fifteen and two at this point. Nobody saw that coming. And I know that sounds crazy, you know, but yeah, to see it at, at that high, you know, I thought they'd probably sit in like that four spot, something like that, uh, out there in the West, waiting to make their move. But that also, I do question, you know, are they coming out of the gate too strong? Can they maintain this? It's all going to be if that team can stay healthy. Well, you know, it's about running the mile, just not the quarter of it. And that's what I worry there. So who do you got as your worst in the NBA surprise? Well, I think that, you know, the worst is a team that everyone was high on is the Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans, they're sitting there, they're 6-11. and I have them on my list, too. Everybody thought that they were going to be a whole lot better. Brandon Ingram has been an absolute stud, but that team stinks. And I, I realize we were all looking forward to the Lonzo and Zion connection, and, and it looks like Zion's going to be out for even a little bit longer. I don't know, man. I thought New Orleans was going to be a whole lot better than they are. My worst is sitting right there with the New Orleans Pelicans. In fact, they're a half a game behind them. The Portland Trailblazers at 6-12. and 12. What in the hell happened to Portland? Well, it's, it, as you're talking, you know, go back to the Pelicans real quick. I mean, how this team is not able to connect, even without, even without the, you know, the new king of the league. But yes, in Portland, I mean, this is someone last year, we were talking, they were right there. They were a moment away, a, a shot away from taking down the chance. Yeah, I just, I don't it, get it. And now completely have just fallen apart. As far as my best in the league, I'm actually going to go with a fourth place team. The Toronto Raptors sitting there at 12-4, and four, the defending champs. You bring them up. I didn't think that they were going to be 12-4 and four without Kawhi Leonard. Now, see, I expected this because it wasn't really his show. He was just the sex appeal. This was a solid team through and through, and they were built to compete in the East. He was just a piece of the puzzle they felt to get to that championship, and they accomplished that. Now we're going to see what this team really stands on. You know what it's all about, don't you? Pascal Siakam. Yeah. He's tearing up the freaking league. Rick, we talked about how crazy it was, the amount of money that they paid Pascal Siakam. He's averaging like 25 points a game. Hey, how interesting would that be if they got back to the finals and took on your your Lakers? Oh, man. Or, no. Take on the Clippers? Yeah, yeah, your Lakers. Yeah, yeah, the Clippers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's where I'm going. I'd be down to see that. Uh, 
one you, other. You get confused about teams in LA. <laughs> so do the people in LA, evidently. Some somebody actually <laughs> went to a Rams game over the weekend. God. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the playoffs because there's a lot of talk about NBA playoffs right now. Rick, did you have a chance to check out that thing that I sent you about how they want to redo this playoff system? Yeah, completely unfavor. Stop overthinking things. Leave it as. Leave everything as it is. Just play it out. Just make your teams better, right? So basically, here's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. The NBA regular season games at, like, I don't know, about this point in the season, they want the ratings higher. And what they're trying to figure out is how to make this thing more interesting. So number one, they're talking about having a midseason tournament, like right around Thanksgiving time. I for what? Like what is the point? They they want to cut four games off of the regular season schedule so that they can have a, a a one round like knockout round tournament in the middle of the season and then like financial incentives for the players. But why do we as fans give a shit? Well, even build into this again. I mean, this is like something out of Vince McMahon's book. Yeah, I, I I guess it's actually based on something to do with soccer over in the UK. Something that they do it just seems absolutely well, a reason, stupid there, to me. Well, there's a reason that we've left there, and all of our leagues are better. So it's because we don't use their ideas. Yeah, that, that's a and, good point. We're not, we don't have to have those. It's this whole notion of just you know, if you want to do something that's fun like that, I'll throw it out here. Get rid of the All Star game and have like a like an NBA Jam style like trios or something the big three like fun tournament like a yeah something like they I, i'm a big fan of the big three it's a lot of fun isn't it yeah, it's just fun you know you can take your mind off of it it doesn't work you don't incorporate that into anything that's going to impact you know your postseason your championship but if you have fun with it that would be something interesting and of course you're going to have to make it financially you know that's that incentive where people are going to want to play into the thing so it doesn't turn into the slam dunk contest where they're worried if you go out there and you lose, it's going to hurt your sponsorship. It's going to hurt your bonus. This reminds me of like MLB doing that ridiculous notion that they finally got rid of where the home field advance to the World Series was on the All-Star game. Yeah, that was the dumbest thing ever. One thing the NBA is talking about doing that I do like is an actual reseeding of teams when the playoffs start. Rick, this is something See, that I, I thought I, you were talking about. What's that? I thought this is what you were going towards. I, I'm not a fan of this. Oh, I like the reseeding of teams because basically what they want to do is basically eliminate the East and West thing. So if you have the number one record in the East, you might be the four seed going into the playoffs because there were three teams in the West better than you. I'm totally down with that. No, I, I, again, you know, this is about making your franchise better. This is about playing to who's put in front of you. If you're going to do that, then just eliminate everything and just have your top 16 standings. Don't give me that you're a conference winner. Don't give me any of that that you've won your division or that you came through your side of the bracket. Eliminate all that. If you're going to go to that notion, stop pretending that those other things are important because right now there is some substance to that. There is markability in that. You, you play to who's in front of you. I said this regularly to you. You're going to eliminate that, and you're going to take away fan interest. You're going to kill the you, you essentially would kill the East. I think what they need to do 
in order to fix this entire tanking thing, because it, we're already seeing teams that are going out there that just stink and they have absolutely no desire to get any better. I'm talking about the Golden State Warriors because they, they absolutely stink. They're three and 15. The Memphis Grizzlies, even with John Morant, are at five and 11. The New York Knicks, by far the worst team that I have seen this year, sitting there at four and 13. The Atlanta Hawks, four and 13. Rick, I want to do away with the draft lottery. And I think what we should do, if you're the first team that misses the playoffs, so if they put in, what do they put in? Like 12 teams, something like that. Then we get 16 into the playoffs and there's what, 28 teams? Right. So I want whoever finishes number 17, you get the number one pick. Not the worst team. Not the team that just absolutely tanks and stinks the thing up. They get the last pick before the playoff teams start picking. I want to go with the first team that misses the playoffs. You get the number one pick, so they're still actually playing for something. This goes this goes across your absolute board. Why shouldn't we don't in professional sports? If it's the NBA, if it's the NFL, why do we even need drafts? We have salary caps. We have what they want to spend. Why should someone, you know, we'll sit here, I'm sitting here in the great city of Cincinnati, and if the fans are buzzing about who are we going to take number one, I'm sitting here talking about, I feel sorry for who's going to go number one because I have to come here and play for this franchise. Yep. At this point, can we eliminate drafts? Shouldn't they go to the open market? I don't know. I'm not necessarily opposed. Why not? Why but, not? Why? Why? I mean, you think about that. You know, it's I'll tell you why. There. I'll tell you why. Because this year for the NFL draft, they had 150,000 people in the streets of Memphis, Tennessee. You can't restructure that for a signing day? I don't know. It, it would be interesting. How many people would watch signing day versus the number of people that watch the draft? Hmm. I'd Absolutely. Have to be... yeah, I, do, I do agree 100%. We have to find a substitute there, Jargo, to fill that. You know, Let me look what that did for Nashville. Yeah. Absolutely huge. Yeah. It did for that city. What it does, I mean, there's a reason they moved that thing to Thursday. Yeah, and now there's also a reason why they're taking it on the road now. Absolutely, 100%. You, you're correct there. So we have to find a solution. But I'm looking at overall for these players and how these teams are structured. Yeah, I mean, as far as for the players and the teams, I absolutely agree with you. I'm just looking at it from a television property, and you can bet ESPN, ABC, NFL Network would not be happy to lose the draft. Well, and we could also go into it. I'll counter myself here. You know, how would a how would a losing team ever get out? But I would love to. And it's something maybe we can revisit as we get closer to the draft to go look at how those teams actually turn around that are truly built to a draft system and where they position. When we talk about teams that re that just revigorate themselves through a draft, we're talking about teams like Green Bay. We're talking about teams like the Patriots and they're usually drafting late. We're not talking about the Miami Dolphins. We're not talking about the Bengals who are usually early, even the Cleveland Browns. They didn't do theirs through this draft system. They did it mainly through a free agency. But you know what you do get like even like the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals stink this year. They're going to stink next year, regardless of who they take with that number one pick. Do we agree with that? Uh, yes. And just uh, to spread a little national news here, global news. There's there's an article out here in a local paper. They're stirring some, and I don't think this is coming from the organization themselves. That their stadium is one of the oldest in the league. 
terrible timing to bring this up. So when you say Cincinnati Bengals, hey, when we're doing this show two years from now, we might be talking about the Portland Bengals. The St. Louis Bengals. I think that's a real possibility too. Okay, but but what the Bengals do get in that? Let's let's say that the Bengals take Joe Burrow. Okay, now whether it's fair or not, they're gonna have hope. Like I mean, look at the New York Jets. The New York Jets stink. They're absolutely awful. But we got Sam Darnold. Like at, at least you know they have that little caveat. The teams I'm starting to feel bad for are the Detroit Lions, who are awful. And they never make the playoffs. I think they have one playoff win in our entire lifetime, Huckleberry. But the problem is they're always picking down there around like, you know, 11 or 12. So all the good players are gone. And it's like they, they never get ahead. They're just stuck in like mid-card hell. What, what if you hit like a super lotto? Isn't that what the NBA does, though? And we hate it. No, I'm, no, I'm talking a super lotto. Everybody's in. If you want a Super Bowl, you got to. You, there's one. There's one ball for each team. It's hmm. interesting. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. I just. I feel like these teams that are stuck in mid card hell. Somebody throw them a freaking bone. You know, because like the Cleveland Browns, right? You, you brought them up. Like, the, the how Detroit many number Lions. one picks do you the, get before you you finally turn things around? My God, the Detroit Lions are like the Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Of the NFL. Just can't get ahead. Doesn't fall behind, but he never gets ahead. It's just 50-50 booking. So, so more like the face of that whole franchise in their history is Barry Sanders, the Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, pretty much. NFL. Pretty much. But you know, but the, the difference is Dolph Ziggler just keeps sticking around, whereas Barry Sanders was like, this team sucks, and I don't want to play anywhere else, so I'm out. And, you know, it's Detroit, so I understand it. And people can say, no, no, that's not what happened. Megatron did the same thing, you know, it's like they, they actually get a little glimmer of hope and then they get taken away from them. speaking of glimmers of hope. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers. They got their asses blown out on Sunday night. We were we were way off on that. Wow. The Packers. We, were expect, we were expecting four star, four star Aaron Rodgers to carry that thing. Wow. I think we they should got have taken known care better. of. We should have known better. The the Packers offensive line got pushed all over the field. That front seven for San Francisco is something else. Packers put up a whole whopping total of 198 yards of total offense. Aaron Rodgers goes for 104 yards. We, we were predicting Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. He goes for 104 yards. This is the stat that really stood out to me, though, Rick. On third down... Aaron Rodgers was one of 11 on third down. The team as a whole, one of 15. Are we just overvaluing Aaron Rodgers at this point? Because when you look at the numbers, he's 42 and 43 on the road. What the hell? You know, once again, you know, we're putting the focus on, we are looking at who we're, we're blaming the loser for playing down. Should we get props? Let's, like I said, it's a positive. It's a positive show. It's Thanksgiving weekend. We got all this going on here. Is this Niner team? You know, they realize what they need to do. They got refocused and got back to what they're doing this season. Man, the, the, this 49ers team, they they look like that Super Bowl team that kind of came out of nowhere and none of us saw it coming for one reason or another. We're gonna find out this week though, because this week. 
they have the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar, Lamar Jackson, I five touchdowns. Ravens go into L.A., blow out the Rams 45-6. to I mean, just give the kid the MVP at this point. It's it's done. Yeah, you know, I was just going to ask you. you know, we're going to find out what this team's about. This is a potential showdown. But again, is this just a Patriots measuring a team up? I, I don't know, man. I mean, the Ravens put up 285 yards on the ground against the front seven of the Los Angeles Rams that includes the supposed best player in football, Aaron Donald. Shout out to my buddy Josh Otto. Uh, 285 yards on the ground? What what makes me believe they wouldn't do that to the Patriots? They're going to be intentionally watching this, you know, and this is going to be something they're going to learn from to put in, put in the vault. Because they're going to realize when a game matters. Lamar Jackson not only throws for five touchdowns, he was 15 of 20. Only 169 yards. I guess that's the caveat there. But he had eight carries, Rick, for 95 yards. On eight carries? Well, again, that's why we talk numbers. You've got to go inside of that. You've got to look at those big plays, those explosions. How do you break their sound? How do you prevent those? Boy, if you get it figured out, let Sean McVay and the Rams know. Um, Rick, I think the Rams are out of it. I think it's done. I think we have our six teams for the NFC. It's going to be whoever comes out of the East. It's going to be Green Bay. It's going to be Minnesota. It's going to be New Orleans. It's going to be San Francisco. It's going to be the Seattle Seahawks. And that's what it is. The Rams are out. Well, night. You've got your invitations. You've got you've got your dance cards. How are you going to line up? Who are you pen going with in these first round? And how what is your path? This is where they're positioning. This is where they're figuring one another out. So Green Bay now eight and three. Um, they dropped the two spot to New Orleans nine and two. Um, <clears throat> if I'm a Packers fan, I'm pretty worried right now. Rick, going into this season, I said I thought the Packers were a nine win team. I'm not sure they're still not more than a 10-win team. We talked about this the entire year. This back end of the schedule did them no favors. Nope. They're on the road quite a bit. They're not getting that, you know, those home fields late in that year. Give themselves an advantage. Now they're going to have to prove it. Is you threw up that amazing number there. Aaron Rodgers on the road. Is he going to get be able to get this team through, through the playoffs? Is this a career-defining season for him? You know, postseason. Man, it's how long before Green Bay selects a quarterback? It's got to it's be on their radar. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is done in any way, shape, or form, but let's remember Aaron Rodgers sat for three years behind Brett Favre. Has Aaron Rodgers got more than three years left? Well, absolutely, as you just said, you, you stole the thought right, right, right away from me. You know, where do you start rebuilding, start reloading, in this case, to prepare yourself for the future? Or is there someone out there? And, you know, it, it, some under-the-radar news this week, I know they're, they're the lowly. They haven't won a game, but the Bengals have, have reinstated, restarting Andy Dalton. Yeah. He's a dangerous man. He's, he's come out for desperation. He's going to play to the best of his ability right now because he is auditioning for, a, I'm not saying it's Green Bay because that seems like a 
terrible fit. You know, he's not the future there. But like a team like the Bears that are contenders in that division that should be back into that, he can hold that over until you have somebody ready. That'll be interesting. What 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 do you think of the Bengals' chances this week, Huckleberry? I mean, you got the Jets at home. If you were ever going to win a game, this is it. Well, and there's one thing it, I've asked this question since I arrived back here in Cincinnati. I've been asking the fans, you know, are, are we really rooting for them to win, or are we laughing no more now? Because I, I think, like I said, the Andy Dalton is dangerous right now. Well, and I mean, you got a game to play with. You you can win one game and still hold on to the number one pick. Is this right. the game? Well, in this in this team itself, this team is bad from top to bottom. I mean, it's it's the whole franchise. It's just rotten from the core. But if he can go out there and somewhat shine, even in losses, as long as he's playing well, his resume is boosted. He looks better. People are going to want him. And I really think, you know, one of those teams out there, he can be lining up against your boys next year. I have this sickening feeling that uh, Cam Newton is going to become the co- the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they, they trip up against the Patriots. See what I did there? 9-13. to mm-hmm. Uh Jerry Jones is pissed. Uh, Rick, I've been talking all season about Jason Garrett being on a hot seat, and everybody kept telling me that I was crazy. Jason Garrett is absolutely on a hot seat. I kind of thought Jerry Jones might fire him this week. No, you don't go into that. I, I could see we're coming here, but you don't want that controversy right before one of your spotlight games, and that's Thanksgiving. You come out of that with the news. You come out of that on that home stretch if you're going to do it. And I, I think this is a big marquee game for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, absolutely it is. Um, Dak Prescott, 19 of 33 for 212 yards. Ezekiel Elliott has 21 carries for 86 yards. He was averaging over four yards a carry, Rick. Four yards a carry. And they had Dak Prescott throw the ball 33 times. In the wind, in the rain, in the cold, on the road against the New England Patriots. This falls on coaching and play calling. Why not just keep feeding Zeke the ball? You know, watching that game and watching those conditions, you you just had to question yourself. It's pounding ground season, correct? Yeah, and and you just paid Ezekiel Elliott all this money. Go earn it. And what was the stat there with the stat with Cooper? Yeah, zero. Yep, shut down. Zero. I and, and it, it seemed like Dak was finally starting to figure things out there in the second half. But 19 of 33, there's a lot of bad things that you can say about Dak Prescott. I think I've probably said most of them. But he's a pretty accurate thrower of the football. This was the wind. This was the elements. 212 yards. There, there's no reason that you're not just giving the ball to Zeke 35 times. You know, and out, there's no excuse here. You're not unfamiliar. You know, it's not where you're in the West and you get these different conditions late in the season. Dallas is used to going up there. Yeah. They play at Washington. They play at New York late this year. They have known these conditions throughout their franchise history. And to go up there and try to pretend you're going to air it out in those elements, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, just absolutely absurd. Um, so this is what Dallas is looking at. Dallas fi- finishing out the schedule. They have Buffalo this week. Then they have the Chicago Bears, the Los Angeles Rams, 
the Philadelphia Eagles, and then they close things out with the Redskins. Philly, one game back at five and six, which is nauseating. Like eight and eight might win this pathetic division. Philly, though, they have the Dolphins, the Giants, the Redskins, the Cowboys, and the Giants again. Rick, I think there's a real possibility that Philadelphia wins out in this thing. They could finish 10 and six. Is Dallas even going to make the playoffs? Well, as you said, there's only one team emerging from this division. Yeah, without question. Whoever's who's ever going to run this thing, and right now the way the, the path to the finish line, it favors Philadelphia, who has struggled so much. They're up and down. But on the side of Dallas, as we said regularly, it's a coin flip. We don't know what we're going to get out of them. You know, some, some weeks they look like, holy shit, that's a Super Bowl contender. And then, you know, it's an absolute pretender, like they would struggle with the Bengals. Yeah, they probably would. I mean, the Jets beat them. Bizarre. Let's take a look at the Thanksgiving games. Bears at Lions start things off. Chicago favored by three on the road. And Rick, I thought this was absolutely insane. And then I started looking into this thing. Matthew Stafford is out. Driscoll is out. Trey Flowers is out. TJ Hawkinson is out for the Detroit Lions. All of that lines up to Bears by three. David Blow, undrafted rookie from Purdue, going to be the starting quarterback for the Detroit Lions. In 2018 at Purdue, he threw for 3,705 yards, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Rick, I watch Big Ten football. You watch Big Ten football. Do you remember anything about this kid? Absolutely zero, but I will tell you this. Uh, no pun intended. There's something in the water up there in Michigan when it comes to Thanksgiving Day. Never count the Detroit Lions out. They'll bring the magic. I'm looking for the Lions, the roar, to make a statement. So once again, as you said, you know, that middle of the pack team to give the hopeful, the franchise fanatics, to give them a little bit of hope in that team. And I actually think it will be a crusher for Chicago. I mean, this is their nail in their coffin. Well, <clears throat> there's always hope for whoever is playing the Chicago Bears, especially when Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the starting quarterback. Bills at Cowboys. Dallas favored by six and a half points. That sounds pretty legit. Huckleberry, any chance that Buffalo goes into Dallas and smacks the Cowboys around Jerry World? Man, this is this is an absolute tough one. I'm expecting the Cowboys to make their statement I still think the Bills, they are an excellent team. I mean, they're they are still a distant second from the Patriots, but I still think they haven't really turned that corner. There's nothing exactly special yet, but I think Dallas gets it done here. When I'm looking at Vegas, this is one of those games that's real tempting to me because I'm with you. I think Dallas wins this thing. Do you think Dallas covers six and a half points? This seems like a field goal game, don't it? When, when I was thinking about this game, you would have brought memories back of when there was actually snow, when it came through God's window, the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> and we're going way back. We're dating ourselves. You remember this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's, I, I think there's going to be something crazy in this game. I don't know why. I just have this vibe, this feeling surrounding this game. We're going to see something crazy, another you know, turkey day miracle, whatever sorts. That's why they, I, I, I'm kind of split. I think the Bills can come down here and do something, 
but I think Dallas is going to handle this one. Saints at the newly reinvigorated Falcons came out of freaking nowhere. That's going to be the Thanksgiving night game. New Orleans favored by seven on the road. Reg- we talk about bipolar football teams. The Atlanta Falcons, what gives? No, I really think this is a redemption game, isn't it? It's got to be, right? For the Saints. You know, I'm kind of worried about the Saints. I'm kind of worried about the Saints. Does Drew Brees look right to you? Drew Brees hasn't looked right to me ever since he came back. This is a team that is so good. I, I don't think it matters who's under center, but you are 100%. This is not the Drew Brees that we know. You talk about Aaron Rodgers getting towards the end of his road. You know, how much longer is Drew Brees have? How short is that rope with Drew Brees? Well, I, I, I still think the rope is as long as he wants it to be. We're talking about a first ball ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, but One right of the now guys the that we're going to be seed. talking about. I just, I don't know, man. Teddy Two Gloves over there is just unbeaten. I don't know. Let's take a look at uh, your game of the week, I'm sure. And, and this thing has taken a very, very strange turn for me, Rick. Browns at Steelers. Cleveland favored by two points, which I thought was the most asinine line of the week. And then you realize the Steelers are going to be starting. Devlin Hodges, rookie out of Samford. The Duck. They have benched Mason Rudolph, so Cleveland doesn't get an opportunity to come out and just, you know, bash him in the head. Um, Rick, I don't even know where to begin with the Steelers because if you look at the playoff picture right now, they're the last team in. Well, and this is a this could be a flip flop game. No, this is for that last spot. The Browns are sitting one game behind, and believe me, you know, like just before we got on air here, before we did the record, talking to two guys, I was asking about the vibe up there. What's happening? What is the feeling? They're full charge. There are people ready to make the trip. They're going over in strength. You do not want them to be dominate fan-wise, player-wise. The power of the Browns is behind them. They believe in this team still. They're pushing for that playoff charge. This is going to be an intense freaking showdown. They're not making the playoffs, dude. It's not going to happen. What do you want at that? Let's, let's, let's do something. Hmm. Well, we'll have to come up with something here because I'm looking at well, this we'll, schedule we'll throw it out. and it's we'll not throw, happening. We'll throw it out there. We'll throw it out there to our great listeners, our friends, our family. What, uh, what should Jocker put up? What should the RBV put up in this game? Because, yes, this is the marquee. I'm surprised they didn't flex this game. <laughs> Did the Steelers draft a quarterback this year? I mean, they have to, right? Absolutely, uh, 100%. You know, they, they've got – and we're going back to this again. We keep talking about these teams. Where are these playoff needs? And then who's open on that free agent market? You know, who can you make trades for? You're talking about, you know, Teddy Tugelov's down there. We're talking about Andy Dalton. I mean, hell, you got to bring in somebody. I think they could probably and get – maybe it's – they could, I bet you anything they draft like Nate Stanley in like the fourth round. There we go. 49ers at Ravens. Baltimore by six. Rick, I thought this line was a little bit high. 
what do you think? Is this going to be the Super Bowl preview? Is this going to be, you know, the, the big tease as we get ready for the playoffs? Well, as I just said, you know, this is a game that the Patriots are going to be looking at very intensely. I wouldn't be surprised if they have scouts that have already got tickets ready to go with this thing, ready to go. This is what they want to see. This is, you know, their road to another championship. This is a highlight as everyone should be looking at it. We're watching it now. You know, and we are focused on it. Raiders at Chiefs in the battle for the AFC West. Rick, Vegas has no love for the Raiders going into Arrowhead. Kansas City by 10. Well, I think Vegas has a ton of love for the Raiders, but not in this game. You are 100% here. And I'm going to have to go with the odds makers, the, the people that, that are in the know, that always somehow get it right. I think this is where the Chiefs get back on track. Not me. I'm taking the Raiders in this thing. I think the Raiders are going to cover this. Uh, Patriots at Texans Sunday night, New England by three on the road. Rick, are the Texans finally going to get this monkey off of their back? Because, oh yeah, in case you didn't know, Tom Brady has never lost to the Houston Texans. I agree 100% with everyone. I think the Patriots, again, we're talking about statement games. And this is, we were putting over the playoffs that started in, in college football. Proving ground, bragging rights, survivor series. This is what this is what this week is in the NFL. Vikings at Seahawks, Seattle by three. This is the Monday night game. Rick, this is a big game when you look at the seeding inside of the playoffs. I'm going to go with Seattle. That Vegas has Seattle by three. I think that's about what this thing is going to be. I think this could be a real close game. Well, it's going to be fun. I, I think the winners are going to be the viewers. So let's throw it over to the locks. Hit me with it, Steve. Give me a hell yeah. No surprises here. I am going to take the Oakland Raiders going into Kansas City because, you know, Kansas City is just not Kansas City at Kansas City this year. I don't know why it is. And, oh, it would tickle me so, so dearly to see the Raiders beat the Chiefs. Of course, I live inside of a Kansas City football market. And then, Huckleberry, the answer to my last question is no. The Texans are not going to get this monkey off of their back. Tom Terrific is going to go into Houston and whip up on the Texans. Who are you taking this week for your locks? You know what? I'm going to share those online. Get some conversation going here. Oh, you're going to share your locks online? Yes, yes. We're, we we got to do a full teaser, and I will do that teaser to put over that this Saturday we are kicking off a brand new partnership, an amazing alliance that's, that's unfolding here. The, the, the greatest new tag team, IndyPW.com, in the Hitting the Marks podcast network. We're aligning together. And yes, Michael Jargo and myself, Rick Ficker, we're going to be debuting there on Saturday with all of our programming. Turnbuckle Talk, Russell Popcast, the PW Hustle. We've we got a few new surprises coming. That's, of course, assuming that we can get the PW Hustle to show up. Of course, they're on the Brock Lesnar schedule. Yes, obviously. Well, I mean, they're not as dominant. You know, you know they can't. I know they like getting punched in the dick, but you know, outside of that, that's the only comparison I can get to to Brock. 
So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Then visit the other platform, whether it be hittingthemarks.com for the Hitting the Marks podcast network or hackerhameen.podbean.com for Hameen Media. I'll be around this weekend along with my favorite Huckleberry. Huckleberry, you going to be all fat on the turkey tomorrow? Oh, you know, we, hey, what we talk about? This. I'm not a Thanksgiving food guy. I know it's crazy because I'm not, because I am the ultimate food guy. Uh, but I'm hoping to come up with uh, some interesting shares, some interesting uh, treats and all this. But as we record this, I am standing outside and I'm fucking freezing, Jargo. <laughs> well, enjoy your International Football Appreciation Day. Find him on the streets of Cincinnati at The Real RBV. Find me at Not Jargo. We'll talk to you this weekend for the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya!